Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. weeks with UCF losing all five of their games in the Big 12. They lose yesterday 41 to 28 to the West Virginia Mountaineers at home. We're going to talk about it and we're really going to have a come to you know what moment about this UCF football team. Hello everybody and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host Sean Green. Before we get started as always, a quick word from our sponsors Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Before we get into it, I want to appreciate everybody that stopped by uh, when in our pregame live stream. Uh, it was really great to see the people that have been watching us for the past year. Um, give away a lot of cool stuff. I'm wearing one of the hats that people were really enjoying. We'll hopefully have some more news on that in the coming weeks on chances for you guys to potentially get one of these. Um, so we're really excited about that. And again, we really appreciate anybody that stopped by or tuned in to the live stream. I think me and Nick can both agree. And I think we're going to agree a lot this pot on a lot of different subjects, but, uh, me and Nick can both agree. That was probably the best part of our day. Um, but as I welcome on Nick Geddes, um, made the drive to Tampa to do it, to see the game. Um, obviously I, I speak for both of us, but, uh, what a great turnout, you know, for the game and people came to stop by. So, um, kind of give your take on, on that first of all, and, and just, you know, that kind of atmosphere that we took in before the game. And then I'll, I'll give you the first jab at the, uh, the game itself, uh, the West Virginia UCF uh, crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll was, just, was I'll start, game. I'll start with the good and it was everything leading up to the game. I mean, <clears throat> You know, my expectations, y'all blew them out of the water. You know, Night Nation showed up. The Charge On Podcast Nation showed up. I mean, like you said, we've been doing this now for just about a year. And, you know, I'll just be on. We started this and we didn't know what was going to happen. Like Sean presented the idea to me and I was just like, sure, let's do it. And that was it. And we've, you know, grown a lot as a show, I think. And, you know, that's reflective of the listeners as as the views continue to rise subscriptions are up all those things business is great and then to get to see some of our loyal listeners for the first time in person like that that's just like the coolest thing that really is the coolest thing so i hope we continue to do more of these in the future because it blew my expectations out of the water it was great to see so many of you and give away some new merch and some some uh some other stuff as well so that's the good now to the game which we both took in in a sea of west virginia fans who I knew were going to travel. I knew they were going to travel. And they were all cool, by the way. That's not a dig. Um, Man, I I feel like you could get so complex with these things, but in this game, you don't need to. You don't need to. And I echo so much of what Gus Malzahn said in his press conference after the game. You're not going to beat anybody in in the country when you turn the ball over four freaking times. 
You're just not. And maybe some great teams out there can do it, but not this UCF team. Not this UCF team. This, Sean, is a this is a bad football team right now. It is legitimately a bad football team. 0-5 in Big 12 play, dropping games that we perceived as wins. I mean, I told you it was dangerous going in. We, we predicted a UCF victory. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop. Uh, every, all the fans that chimed in, we all were on it. The same kind of scoreline just about, you know, somewhere in that 30 to 20-something. And boy, were we so far off. And the frustrating part about this, Sean, and I know you probably feel the same way, is the offense moved the ball at will for majority of the game. They only punted one time. But again, four turnovers. I keep going back to that. It's that simple. Like That's where the game was won and lost. And I know everybody wants to talk about the defense. And listen, the defense, they are what they are as a unit, okay? They had a nice showing against Oklahoma for three and a half quarters, and that's great. And I told you, what's the follow-up going to be? And the follow-up was letting West Virginia run down your throat for three hours inside the bounce house. That was the follow-up. I'm not that surprised by that. I'm just not. We can talk about the keys to the game, and you got to stop the run and all this stuff, but this team's proven they just can't do it. They just can't do it. But I will give them this. In a game where it was clear right away that it was going to be a shootout, and it was going to be about which offense can keep up. The UCF defense, and I'm, I'm literally picking at straws here to try to find positives. They made two stops in a game that looked like it was going to be a shootout. And the UCF offense killed themselves. They absolutely killed themselves today. And that's the disheartening part. And there's got to be a lot of tough conversations to come out of this. Like my expectations, I've been saying it, were six and six. Can you get me just to six and six and I'll take it? Well, right now, even that looks generous if they're going to get there. And so I think tough conversations need to come right now. I think as a fan base, we all need a reality check. And I think we're getting it with this first season in the Big 12 for some that had some outwardly expectations of where this team and where this program's at. And yeah, it's just not good right now. And I go back to the the full scope of this program, and this goes back to last year, by the way, of the alarming things that we've seen, Sean, and I'll just list them real quick, and then I'll let you talk. Going back to last year when they won that game at Tulane, remember that? That was a great Mm -hmm. ball last year. Beat Tulane on the road, top 25 team. Things were looking great. Since then, they lost to Navy at home. They hung on by every to beat U S to beat USF on the road. They got blown out by Tulane in the rematch in the AAC title game. They got blown out by Duke in the bowl game. They blew a twenty-eight point lead against Big Twelve or against Baylor in their first Big Twelve game. They lost by twenty-nine at Kansas, who by the way beat Oklahoma, pretty good team. Mm-hmm. And then they just lost by double digits to a West Virginia team that allowed. Houston, who got shut out today to score 41 points on them and then also let Oklahoma State score 40-plus on them. That, right there, are your UCF football nights. And that is the harsh reality of where this program sits right now within the past calendar year, and it's not pretty. Yeah, I think you said it better than anybody, Nick. I mean... Listen, it's hard to look at a team and have a come-to-you-know-what moment. 
And this was that game for me. Uh, I think we've been looking at it the past couple weeks, kind of saying we kind of know what this team is. You get a little bit of confidence against Oklahoma where it kind of resets your brain a little bit to make you believe that something better could be down the pipeline, right? Something better is on the horizon. This team has figured something out. They show out against, at the point at the time, the number six team in the country. Not going to be anymore because clearly, you know, Kansas is a really good team. We saw that. I mean, we couldn't do anything against Kansas, and Kansas goes out and gets a, a win against Oklahoma at home, and uh, really good for them. Great win for their program and Lance Leipold. But then you follow it up in a game that, listen, Nick, and we were talking about it pregame and during the game, how we said it's not like we were predicting a 14-point UCF win. We weren't saying this is an easy win for UCF, an automatic win. We said the spread's about accurate. I think I had them, I had UCF winning by four. I think you had UCF winning by three or something like that. Going into this game, and even after that first drive, right, they go down and put up seven. We both looked at ourselves and said, this is going to be a shootout, right? The offense is going to be able to move the ball. Defense ain't going to be able to stop them. So which defense is going to be able to make enough stops to kind of prolong this game and who's going to have the win by three at the end of the game? Because that's how it was kind of looking. We are to the point where I think what's really frustrating me, and I'm sure frustrating you, and frustrating you who's watching us. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it earlier when I got home. I don't think the frustration is the losses. Because ultimately, Nick, if we went into this game and West Virginia was the far superior team and they just blew our doors off, right? You can leave a football game knowing, lesson. we're just not the better team. Like, ultimately, the teams that we've played, they're just significantly better than us. It's our first year in the Big 12. We're the small dog. We'll figure it out at some point. Give us a year. You know, it's our first year, right? The frustrating part the part that gets the frustrations up to the top of your head. You were outgaining them. You were moving the ball better than them. Your defense was making more stops than the opposing defense. And every time your defense made a stop and you got the ball back, you turned the ball over right away. It happened every single time. Defense holds them to a field goal. Okay, cool. Go down, turnover. Dang. Like, if you just go back and look at the turnovers, I get it. And Gus is 100% right. Four turnovers, you won't win a football game. Hell, two turnovers, you usually don't win a football game. But if you go down and look at every single turnover in this football game, every single time, it was usually UCF down by three points. They were driving down the field. They had a chance to take the lead or tie it. And something crazy happens. The Javon kick the ball up, turnover. It's happened like three times with Javon this year. Guess who was up by three? West Virginia. John Rice throws the ball up high in the sky, basically trying to hit the damn NASA space shuttle that launches. And that Guess came. Gets- and that came after UCF forced a turnover. Right yeah, after UCF. Exactly. You, you defense makes a stop. 
You get the ball back to go take the lead. What do you do with it? Absolutely nothing. Right? John Rice throws the interception. I think, again, I and I might be wrong on this, but again, the, the game felt like UCF was three points away the entire game. They go down by 10, right? UCF would go about like, it was 17 to 14, right? We give up a turnover. They go up and put a touchdown, 24 to 14. UCF answers. UCF answers with the score, 21-24. Defense gets a stop. Defense gets a stop. Offense gets the ball back. Two plays, John Rice throws the, the high interception, gets picked off. So, and then, of course, the fumble, which I'm not going to blame on John Rice. Again, blindside block. I, I put that on the offensive line or running back, whoever had that assignment. You know, in a blindside block, anything can happen. And you, usually when John Rice is getting blindside blocked, he's fumbling the ball just because of getting ball security. So realistically, two of those interceptions are strictly on John Rice. And we could talk about John Rice, but to end my rant, to end my, I get, I think most UCF fans are feeling the same way I'm feeling. When you're looking at UCF competing, you know, UCF's just not there. It's absolute BS. At the end of the day, UCF went out and was playing a better overall game. But when you look at the, the, just watch the game, don't look at the stats and you just watch the football game, UCF the last five weeks has beaten themselves. It's not the other team they're playing against. It's not that the other team is just far superior. I was listening to a bunch of broadcasters saying, the lines of scrimmage are just, you know, we're just so outnumbered, which I'm not disagreeing with that. But I'm saying at the end of the day, you can blame it on whatever you want. You cannot tell me you watch a UCF football game the last five weeks and are saying, UCF is just out, out. The other team is far superior. There was only one time, and that was Kansas. Give me the last four weeks of football beside Kansas, and every team we've watched, you're not looking at the game saying UCF should not win this football game. It's the same soliloquy, the same story every single week. UCF beats themselves. They lose in the fourth quarter. They give up their leads. They can't get past the hump. It's the same thing every week. So guess what, Nick? You're right. Six and six, and again, I hate, like, overreactions are real. Like, we overreact about everything every week that's a sports fan in general. But if you cannot sit here on a Sunday and overreact and understand what this football team is after the last five weeks, I don't know what you're doing. I don't think we're overreacting, Sean. I think, if anything, you've given them the benefit of the doubt a lot this season. I've been a little bit more hard on them, I think, from the beginning, just trying to set realistic expectations. But then there's moments where they show you that it's there. But I said this a few weeks back. This team plays their worst football late in the game. And that right there is a sign of a bad, poorly coached team. So there's two discussions here that I think we need to have. First, I'll have it about John Rice Plumley. Four turnovers today. Two of them are directly responsible to JRP, obviously. Yeah. But if they have better quarterback play, UCF might win that football game. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I look at John Rice Plumley, and here's the thing that bothers me Timmy McClain <clears throat> makes stupid mistakes. But you know what? And I said this this morning when we were doing the live show. He's still a developing quarterback that 
doesn't have a lot of experience playing at this level. So while I'm not excusing it, I can go. I could be a little less harsh. John Rice Plumley is in his fifth year of playing college football. Yes, I know he hasn't been a quarterback for all those years, but he's played enough to know that you can't turn the football and you've got to make smart decisions when you're standing back there. And John Rice Plumley, other the few moments like the Oklahoma game where he shows us glimpses, he's just not that dude. He's not. And the and this is where it falls on Gus because I'm going to say it. We've kind of been alluding to it all year long. We didn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. <clears throat> and I'll just go over Gus Malzahn's history real quick. Gus's last couple years at Auburn, who was the quarterback, Sean? Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Bo Nix looked like a middling at best quarterback in the SEC under Gus Malzahn. He goes to Oregon. Anybody see Oregon today? Anybody watch Bo Nix the last two years? Anybody paying attention to the mock drafts out there of where Bo Nix is going? Top five pick. When he got away from Gus Malzahn. Yeah, Riley. He's he's mad. I understand. Hopefully this stops here real quick. <laughs> I can continue my thoughts. <laughs> uh, all right. That's enough. But anyway, <clears throat> so there's he the Bo believe, He didn't believe Bo Nix was a top five quarterback. Apparently. Or, he thought I was yeah. he thought I was speaking out of line. I'm not, though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then since he's come to UCF, Dylan Gabriel. Well, he only got like, what, two or three games out of that partnership, and then Dylan sprinted to Oklahoma. It is what it is. But for what it's worth, couldn't keep Dylan Gabriel on campus. And then he has a trio of quarterbacks at his disposal last year. John Rice Plumley. Mikey Keene, and Thomas Castellanos. Mikey Keene sprints for the portal, even though last year, Mikey Keene looked really good when he got a chance. Okay? And he's far superior talented than Josh, John Rice Plumley. I think we all said that last year. But because John Rice runs the system, which I'm still trying to figure out what the system really is, Mikey Keene transfers to Fresno State, who is six and 6-1, a fringe top 25 team in the nation. Thomas Castellanos, who, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, was Gus's big recruit that he got in his first signing class, right? He was going to be your quarterback of the future. Because Thomas Castellanos was told he wasn't going to have a shot to compete. At least that's the way I understand Allegedly. it. Allegedly, right? Let's put that in front. He splits. He goes to Boston College. And after picking up another win today, he's got Boston College at five and three. And had Florida State, the number four team in the nation, on the ropes. And I have to watch John Rice Plumley continue to make poor decisions and turn the ball over at this stage in his career in his last season. He's making mistakes that I expect a freshman quarterback to make. And that is why he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. And so now this is where the decisions of Gus Malzahn and his coaching staff come under a microscope. Because... You got two quarterbacks that are balling at two other universities that were in your building last year. They were in this building, Sean, and they're gone because we wanted to ride with John Rice Plumley. If this coaching staff truly believed that John Rice Plumley gave them the best chance to win over what I've seen over those two guys, we're doomed. We are doomed. That's the way I see it. You can call this overreacting all you want, but this is stuff right here that 
we're going to look at in a few years if this thing doesn't turn around and we're going to look at points to where things went wrong. Because right now, you don't have a solution, as far as I'm concerned, for the future of this team at the most important position. You're going to be transfer portal diving most likely next year. And that's not a sustainable model. It's just not. So John Rice Plumlee's not good enough to win games. He's proven that. He's just proven that. And Gus is just as much at blame here because he's the one who rode with John Rice Plumley over those two guys. So I don't disagree with 90% of what you said. I do think John Rice is good enough to win football games because I have seen it. How many now, games granted, this year? Uh, two, technically. Against who? Two. Uh, we know we know the two. Yeah. Okay. Kent State and, and Boise State. Oh, uh, okay. Um, cool. Listen, and that it's hard. I think I last season, Nick, you know. I was a I think we all on charge on were very critical of John Rice Plumley, and rightfully so. I mean, John Rice did not play up to standard last year. Uh he got banged up and and didn't play up to the standard that I think you expect out of a UCF quarterback. We were all clamoring for Mikey Keene. Mikey Keene made the most of his opportunities when given the chance. Now, granted, I will say, I mean, the Navy game, neither played good. Uh, and we kind of both after the Navy game said, okay, maybe we were a little too much on Mikey Keene. But I think we're now seeing what Mikey Keene really is. And we all knew it. Uh, when it comes to the Gus Malzahn system, this is where I get a little, it's a double-edged sword here, Right. Because we are all watching the games, Nick, and me and you are both saying, we're moving the ball at will. You, this is not, and, and listen, I, I'm i getting annoyed. I, maybe it's just five weeks of straight losing and going on Twitter and seeing the same old jargon rolling through the damn app of the coaches suck. In the, give me a damn break when you're talking about the offensive uh, of UCF. Give me a break. UCF has moved the ball on every damn team. At some point, it's not on the coaches. Now, I am not giving the coaches a a pass here, right? Defensively, something needs to get looked at. But it's not on the defense today. And if you're going to blame the coaches for the offense, I don't know what football you're watching. Called like it is, just like Nick said. Two of them were strictly on John Rice Plumley. The other two, wide receiver tip ball up for the defender to just grab it whenever he wanted. The other was a misassignment, which led to a John Rice fumble. Call, like You can maybe blame the, the fumble on coaching because maybe you didn't coach up the player to, to get, the again, the assignment. But you can only blame the coaches so damn much. Players got to play. Players the gotta players got to play. Gus Malzahn ain't going to run the football up the gut for you. The offense has not been the issue. And for anybody continuously saying, Gus this, offense that, Hinshaw this, give me a break. It is not on the coaches at some point. At some point, you got to blame the players. It's five straight weeks of losing. At some point, you need to look at players and say, hmm, something's up, something's not right. Do you know UCF is still in the top 10 of total offense? Hmm, is that the coach's fault? Is it the coach's fault that UCF is top 10 in offense in the country? No. it's yeah, The coaches are the reason that it's that good. Guess what? Just like it is the players. And, and they the don't, players they don't score enough. 
they don't score enough and because they kill themselves with turnovers and foolish decision making late in games. They just that's, that's what why they I'm do. not giving and I'm not like for all the people that'll go down and be like, oh well the red zone play calling. You're right. A hundred percent. I think some of the play calls in the red zone and in the red area are absolutely egregious. They're terrible. But at the same time, you cannot have told me you watched this game today and said Gus and Darren Henshaw need to be let go. They are awful play no, callers. This, they this don't know not, what they're doing. No. No, I know you're not like taking it this way, but my criticism of Gus doesn't have anything to do with today. Gus Malzahn. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying. No, I know. Me and you were on the same. I'm saying same wavelength here. Because today, today there's four turnovers today. Now one of them, can you tell me? Oh, that was coaching. No, that's just players not executing and making stupid decisions, and that's the game right there. Like. The coach is not throwing interceptions. And by the way, John Rice Pumley, two picks that he was responsible for. I saw some bad, like especially in the second half of the game. First half of the game, he didn't have a single ball hit the ground. They were either interceptions, they were completions. Second half of the game, I saw, he obviously he had the pick, the two picks there in the second half. I believe it was. Um, and I saw a couple other turnover-worthy throws. There was one that went right through West Virginia linebacker's hands. Saw that the one. The second half, he looked a little, like, he looked flustered. I don't know what it was. The first half, he He looked a completely different quarterback in the second half. Right. The second half, it just, it completely changed. And, you know, again, yes, he used his legs a little bit today. That was good to see. It looked like he was okay for the most part, but still not at the level that we expect for John Rice Plumlee. That's the whole thing. Like, if it's going to work with John Rice Plumlee, he's got to be able to use his legs, like, as effective as he can. And even though he did that a little bit today, it's still not at the level they need for him to overcome his deficiencies as a passer. Like yep. UCF has a quarterback problem. Let's just call it like it is. Better uh, better quarterback in there and you're probably winning some of these games. I mean, at some point, like you said, you got to look at the players and who's the guy that controls most of it? It's the quarterback. And the guy that is 5 years into his college career is still making like freshman mistakes. And I got no time for that. Yep. I got no time for that. You're right. I mean, it's it's sad. It's upsetting. Because this team is so much better than the record. And it's like, but at the end of the day, your record is your record. Yeah, and, Your and, record and is what the, you do. For the defense, you know what? Because you turned it over so much and you kept giving West Virginia more possessions, eventually your defense, especially this one, is going to wear down. And look at, the, look, at the, look at the numbers. West Virginia had the ball for 12 more minutes. I was going to say that. 12 more minutes than you had the ball. I mean, you're asking already an inferior unit to try to make stops in, in a game like this. And then you continue to give West Virginia extra possessions, good field position. I mean, you, you're dead in the water. You're just dead in the water at that point. And that's why I will not, like, I get it. Like The defense again, is I, what I it, it is. It just is what it is. It's not going to get any you, better. Yeah. They are what they are. The offense has to win games. And the offense continues to shoot themselves in the foot at the most opportune times because of poor quarterback play and bad decision-making. And I give credit to the defense. I mean, I think we could both agree on that. I mean, we know what the defense is at this point. Clearly, there needs to be some soul searching in in the offseason of how do we get this Addison defense Williams, to be there's, there's better. There's just no way he will not be here as as a, as a, there's if he is, we're an unserious program. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I again, you can look at the defense and yeah, the defense you know didn't play great today, but at the end of the day, they got stops in crucial positions. To that, if we're looking at the game, if they, if UCF's offense takes advantage of those stops, we're having a different conversation. Now, granted, again, I like football is a bunch of what ifs, 
everything is what ifs, what if this, what if that. It turned out the way it turned out. There's but, there's, there's three to four plays, Sean, that decide every game who wins and exactly. loses. Exactly. And, and guess what? The four. four that, that's it. The, that was the four plays. That's, it. You, that's why I said you can get as complex as you want breaking down this game, but that is that's I'll die on that hill. That is it. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, we. Uh, I'm not looking at no stats. I'm not like we're not talking about players. No, like, I don't. I don't need we're, to talk about anything else. No, we're talking. We're talking what it is. Like this is what it is. It's tough to hear. It's tough to talk about. I put out a tweet after the game. I'm like, the worst part about having a UCF podcast like this right now is that we can't just go home and like, yeah, we have our other stuff that we're doing, right? But we have to sit on here for 30 minutes and talk about it. And it's been five straight weeks. Like, this is uncharted territory for UCF, and I get it. Fans have been pampered. We have been pampered with pretty good football for the last six years. And I think, and I'm not going to say I didn't, you assume that you're going to go into the Big 12 and you're going to play good football. You're going to not make the same mistakes. You're going to play solid football that you've been playing for however many years. It is the most, this is the weirdest team in the terms of, I think, talent-wise. I've said it. Talent-wise, I think it's one of the most talented UCF teams I've seen, you know, on a field. The execution is just the poorest I've ever seen. And ultimately, that's your record. That's why you're 3-5. and five. That's why you only beat Villanova, Kent State, and Boise. That's why you're own five in the Big Twelve. They're fortunate to be Boise. Yeah, fortunate. Exactly on a game-winning field goal, you are you'll be fortunate to to win any of the the rest of the games. I mean, you're lucky you get Cincinnati, which is kind of on the same level as you in terms of just trying to figure crap out. And if we're being real, Cincinnati, like they have had a complete turnover, had a completely new coach, completely new offense. And they're, you know, uh, listen, they're a whole other story. We're going to get, like, I'm not going to talk too much Cincinnati, but they kind of have looked more composed in some games compared to us. They they have one side of the ball figured out. Yeah, and we got, like, two, like, well, and I, again. We got, like, one and a half, you know. But that's where the frustration, the, the frustrating thing is, Nick, all you have to do is just play mistake-free football. In UCF, looks like a comp- we talk. We are having a completely different conversation, but unfortunately, and it is unfortunate, because this is the team that we have that makes too many mistakes. And you can keep giving me the, oh, we're gonna really find out what type of team UCF is, or like all the players are saying that the coaches, we're gonna really find out what type of team this is. I'm sorry, you're three and five. You haven't won a damn game in the Big Twelve. If I'm a football player, what can the coaches tell me to get me juiced up? Hey. We got four games left. Yeah, we can and, really and, finish the season and, strong. And by the way, and go back to what Gus said. Was it after the Oklahoma game he said this or before it? I can't remember. About, you know, it's the second half of the season and not too many teams around the country get better in the second half of the season. And we got to be one of them. And you come back from the best you've looked in a long time this season. Maybe the best you've looked all season, honestly, in a defeat. That's no doubt about oh, that. 100%. You come back from that with this performance today. And you're clear, you just regressed. You regressed back to the mean. And, and this was, it's just the missed opportunities that are out there. That's the frustrating part. It's like, it's not like West Virginia was far superior than you on that football field today. It's they didn't make mistakes and you did. And that's hard. That's hard to like cope with. 
It, like it really, really is. Like you. But that's that, that's the frustration. But that's that's, that's but the frustration just, of this year. It is, and at some point, like we're not. We're what are we? Eight games in, Sean. We're eight yeah. games in. This is who they are. It's just who they are, and you have to accept it. Like you know, I'm I'm trying to look at it glass glass half full. From this, you know, I said this. This was not going to be the best UCF team you see at, at in the first few years of this Big Twelve. It just won't. And there's going to be growing pains. They, they call them pains for a reason, John. They call them pains. But it's just the way that it's done. It's like the wins are out there. Outside yeah. of the Kansas game, they've been in every other game at various points. And then they've shot themselves, their own selves in the foot. Yep. It, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But again, I think, and again, for all the people, you know, saying to start, the the second and third team guys and start dealing the rest of the last four games. You know, I get where you're coming put, from. I'm going to put this out there, Sean. <clears throat> now you might agree with them. No, I don't mean Dylan Risk. I don't mean him. Maybe I don't know if you want to go that. I wouldn't go that route. What's the What's the benefit of playing John Rice Plumley the rest of the season? He's not going to be here next year. What loyalty so, to him? Loyalty to him? Because no. last time I checked. Last time I texted Sean, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be next year. And I've already no. said that Timmy, the best thing he needs right now is reps. He needs game reps. He needs to continue to go. He needs to win a game, something like that. Like, if he's going to be a legitimate option next year, and we talked about this earlier today, has he done enough so far to prove that he can be in that mix? I don't know. The jury's still out. But at this point, because I don't think bowl eligibility is on the table, they're not winning three of the final four games. I just mm-hmm. do not see that happening. Like, they're there. Like, the games are there. I'm not going to say they can't win them, but you have that fear in the back of your mind that they're going to do something stupid and ruin it. Like, I just don't think they're going to win three of those final four games. So, at this point, not that I'm trying to punt the season or anything, but... No, but I'm not... I I mean, after this... What's so bad about just putting Timmy McLean out there, let the guy spin it, let's see what he has, let's get him some more game reps, and let's move on and look towards the future. What benefit is there of playing John Rice Plumley right now? So I'm going to tell you why. And I think me and you both know this team pretty well. I think we know, listen, we've been watching this team intently in the Gus Malzahn era the last three years. We've been covering this team going on two years now, two seasons. We kind of know the, the psyche behind this staff. We know the psyche behind Gus and kind of, I think this season more so than last just because of how the season's going and kind of how he does things. Number one, John Rice, it's no question. He has become basically the UCF football team when it comes to being a leader. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say sitting him would be the worst thing in the world because I do think the people that say to start Dylan Risk have merit. I mean, he is the true freshman. You have to see if there's anything there with him, even though, again, it is a true freshman, so... Guess what? With this fan base, I mean, you throw him out there, he throws two picks in a game. It's like, oh, well, he's not the quarterback of the future. So I don't really like that idea. I think you play John Rice because ultimately, again, I think being the leader that he is, if you sit that type of player, I don't know what kind of message that does send. Now, granted, I get you're also losing, but most of those losses weren't necessarily on John Rice. Uh, He has a great game against Oklahoma. He has a subpar game today so I think you play him the last four games and you see what happens you wish him good well 
Because at the end of the day, I think he's made some good plays and he's made a lot of bad ones. Here's my thing. And Nick, me and you both know this. Ultimately, Timmy McLean will not be on the UCF's roster next year. I am fairly confident in that. Um, I whoever knowing that Gus is three and five, Gus has never had a losing season. It's looking like that potentially is happening this season. And I get it. We're not trying to look like listen, we've got I I try like I said this to myself in the car, and I know I'm rambling. I said this to myself in the car. Ultimately, it's always hard, right? When your team sucks. I've been a Magic fan, right? I've been a Magic fan my entire life. There's been months I've I'm just like counting down the days until the NBA season is over, so I can have my mental state back. We have one more month of UCF football until September of next year. It is October 28th. We have four more games, folks. And if we get a bowl game, great. That's five more games of UCF football until the spring game. And we don't really count that anyway. We need to enjoy it regardless of the football they put on the field. Because at the end of the day, I know all of you in February are going to be like, I miss UCF football, even though we are dreading football right now. Me and you, Nick, I know you might have you might disagree with me, so I'm not going to loop you in here. I don't think Timmy McLean's on the roster next year. If I know Gus Malzahn and I know what his headspace is going to be after this season, it's I am not going to have the follow-up performance next year be anywhere close to what I put up this year. I've said it for weeks. I'll say it again. Whoever the top five quarterbacks are in the transfer portal that all the teams are going after, UCF will be throwing whatever NIL money that they have in the bank towards that transfer quarterback. If it's a Will Howard. Now, granted, I don't think Will Howard's going to enter. But if a Will Howard was out there, you throw the bag at him. Now, if Gus is like, we're going to stick to the system, which I'm going to be honest, I think Gus needs to really, if you can find a dual threat, great. But it, going out of your way to get the dual threat your, your is, players, your whoever you, your players are your system. Your players dictate what your system is. It's yeah. not the other way around. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about the system, and we have to have a quarterback who can play within the system. Like, yeah, but Mikey Keene just mentioned it. Like, this is the thing. We, I get what you're saying, Nick. I 100% agree. Like, at some point, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this offense, Nick, can work without a dual-threat quarterback. What is this notion that we need a dual-threat quarterback because it's the best part of my offense? He's Gus has literally had to call plays basically the last two years without a running quarterback, and if anything, it's been more efficient. In his first year, the offense was was efficient with Mikey Keene. In the second year, when John Rice went down, the offense was efficient with Mikey Keene. We we are. It's almost like again, Gus just wants the guy that can that can put on the burners in case a play breaks down. And at some point, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "What is he like? That's great and all, but you got to have a passer." For an offense like this. Now granted, they want, he wants to run the football. So, I get it too. You want to basically run the football and make the passing secondary. I get it. But at the end of the day, this team is going to be different next year. I'm not going to say wins or losses because we have no idea. But whoever, start looking at the quarterbacks that are going to potentially enter the portal. Because whoever's out there. UCF is throwing a bag, and UCF is going to go try to get. Timmy McClain will not be on the roster. The quarterback will be whoever the transfer is, Dylan Risk, Riley Trujillo, and that will be your quarterbacks. It wouldn't shock me if it's a senior quarterback because, again, in Gus's mind, 
He didn't want the freshman quarterbacks to dip. So he's going to say, hey, okay, we're getting a senior. Let the, at that point, sophomore Dylan risk and, you know, freshman Riley Tejo develop and then see what happens in year three. But if there's any notion or anything that we've learned from this year, Nick, and you've said it, something needs to change. The notion that they need a dual threat and, oh, it needs a guy that can run and pass. Just bring the best damn quarterback you can bring in and move the hell on and see what happens. If the best damn quarterback out there is just a pure pocket passer, let's see what happens. And I don't want to talk about too much of the the next season, but I think that's where we are as a fan base. We are starting to be like, John Rice isn't it. We kind of knew that. We're trying to be confident. What's next? How is this team going to change? What is Gus going to do moving forward? But... Have any final thoughts? I I'm I'm so sick. I'm like I. The next month is going to be painful. But again, we have to appreciate it for what it is. We have to appreciate that there's football on TV that you can watch the nights. Because listen, remember we've been doing a podcast. We were doing podcasts for basically nine months of every week trying to find news to talk about because there's no football. It's easy when there's a game to talk about. But listen, I, I go get ahead. I I get all that. I I do, but. I mean, I've come to two games this year, Sean, and I travel. I travel not a long way. I mean, it's a, it's a. I travel. Let's just put it that way. Okay, can only make a few games a year when I can, and I've come to two now, and I've seen a a, a, a twenty eight point. You just it, you imploded on yourself against Baylor, and then I had to sit through this today a three a three touchdown loss to West Virginia at home. Okay, like. Not saying I want the season to end, or I'm not appreciative there's football on my screen, but I want to see a good product. I think UCF fans want to see a good product, and I'm just not giving it to them, Sean. No, they're just not giving it to them. Zero and five in the Big Twelve. Like I didn't have that. Like when no. I when I when I forecast six and six, I sure as hell didn't have it going this way, to where we're scrambling now in the back half of the season. Where when we looked at it, we went, man, man, there's some good, there's some team, there's some wins there on that schedule in the back half. Well, you know what? Right now, it's hard to find them. And I know we're look, we look ahead to Sensi, and we'll do that preview on Wednesday. They're still looking for their first Big Twelve victory, so something's gonna, somebody's gonna break. Somebody is going to finally get that win. Does that really count, though? I mean, we're, it's not like you're beating, you a, know, for my quote, sanity, unquote, a Big Twelve team. I mean, this let's do this is the same AAC Sensi. It it is, and a, and a much inferior one than the one we've seen the past you know five six years. Yeah, since he's losing twenty four to seven to Oklahoma State, so it's gonna and, and most likely go. be. And, and there you yeah. go. And then we gotta and and we gotta come back for the space game, and everybody's gonna get all their hopes up. And I'm not trying to crush anybody here. You know, go in no. with the attitude you're gonna win the game. That's fine, but you're gonna have that space game against Oklahoma State. You're going to be wearing your nice Cape Canaveral blues and all that, and you're going to look iced out on the field. You know, it's going to be great. And then Ollie Gordon's going to rush for 300 yards, and it's going to it's going to dump you right. He's got back 116 to with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, so. there you go. He's going to run for 300 on you, and and you're going to be dumped right back to reality of what you are as a football team right now. So, yeah, that, I've said I've said my piece today. I've said my piece. Four turnovers and and not good enough from the quarterback today. Yeah, I'm about done, too. I got nothing. Uh, hopefully, stuff gets better before it gets worse. I don't know how much worse it can get. Uh, I, As a coaching staff, I mean, I don't know what you tell the players, but at some point, 
and we haven't even gotten I, I told this to you walking out like I'll be very intrigued to transfers I mean the worst thing that you can do is have a bad first season like this when maybe one to two big 12 games and then I mean the future of college football as you're kind of building it up we're really going to find out how good this coaching staff is to keep the players that are in your building and not have them dip because, you know, the record's not what you want. That slogan so. hurts to look at right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just does. Listen, guys, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be bringing the Cincinnati preview to you on Thursday per usual, going into everything about that game. Probably the closest thing you'll get to a Big 12 win this season. That in Houston, even those are, again, not easy. But we'll get into that Um uh, uh, on Thursday, listen, we didn't think it was going to be this bad, like Nick said, but again, bright side, you got four more games, you have a chance at bowl eligibility, you got to push for that, and then let the chips, let's see where the chips fall. But at the end of the day, we're going to still support them, we're going to see what, what kind of they can do at the end of the year, and listen... You, you just, that's all you got to do. You can't, you can't, you know, I get the frustrations. So I, I understand on Twitter, but at some point it's like, you can only say the same things over and over and over again. It gets tiring. So we're just going to, I hope this podcast, hopefully Nick, this is kind of, if this keeps happening, it's going to be a lot shorter pods and it's going to be just, you know, very quick and easy. Cause I'm kind of done after today saying, we can't stop the run. We turn over the ball. We beat ourselves. That's kind of where I'm at. So, again, appreciate you guys all for coming and, and tuning into this episode, but also uh, coming out again. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Um, this podcast would not be where it's at without my good friend Nick Geddes. Uh, he has been a champ the last year, and he it is a pleasure to have him on this show. Uh, so, this pod would not be anything without Nick. See, there's my there's my. Uh, my my good thing to say is Nick Geddes makes this podcast better. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> I have to find some positive today, buddy. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, please subscribe. Like I said, we're going to be doing a lot more giveaways, a lot more live events. Uh, basketball season's coming up. Hopefully that's uh, for a good month. Uh, a positive before we get into Big 12 play. <laughs> God, we're gonna be trying why to. Why you gotta put all this pain on me right now? Why you, know, gonna, you didn't have to bring up basketball right now. Soccer you, team's number one in the, eight, in I know. the country. Let's talk about the men's soccer team. Let's give a clap. Let's I give mean, a clap. We might, we, we might have to start talking about them for again mental sanity. Shout out. Yeah, shout out the the men's soccer team. All right, guys, this has been charge on. Shout out, and and by the way, real quick, shout out the Orlando Magic for all you people watching. I'm sure you're all Orlando natives. Support them if you want to watch a good team play basketball right now and have some excitement. Go watch the Magic. They're good. They're I think they're listen. Good. It's only it's only a matter of time before we create a Magic pod. I mean, it's happening. It's just you know we're so enthralled with UCF football season that. So well, we've there, been focusing our, there's on. There's our off-season content. We create a Magic yeah. pod and we we move forward. That's literally what's going to happen. Oh, geez. All right. Again, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the support. This has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Thursday.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.